I admit that everybody is inside, so distinguished guests and ladies and gentlemen, good afternoon, good evening to Japan. My name is Alexander Palko and uh, I'm from Latvian Institute of International Affairs and it's an honor to host this event today. First of all, let me thank you, the Embassy of Japan and Latvian Institute of International Affairs for close collaboration and possibility to organize event about Japan and EU connectivity in modern world. Um, as first, I would like to give a floor for Professor Andrew Sprutz, Director of Latvian Institute of International Affairs. Professor Sprutz, the floor is yours. Alexandra, thank you so uh, much uh, for introduction. Uh, Mr. Ambassador, Mr. Watanabe, uh, dear colleagues, dear students, dear friends. Uh, of course, uh, it's a pleasure and honor to say a few introductory words today, because of course the main highlight is lecture by Mr. Watanabe, so I think I will be very, very short. I can say personally that Japan is uh, very close to my heart. I was a visiting scholar at uh, the Japanese, uh, Japan's Institute of Energy Economics some years ago for a few months, uh, but we continued cooperation also with the Japanese International Affairs Institute. And I can uh, always stress that it was extremely enriching experience. And of course, uh, I believe that these are cooperations, friendships, which should be continued. And of course, this event, today's event, is a good uh, additional uh, motivator to continue our enriching experiences, uh, cooperation and friendship. And I hope that this is uh, one of the first steps uh, also cooperating with embassy, but certainly not the last ones. Uh, if we speak more on general and societal and international level, I would say we are different as societies, but certainly there are quite a number of cons uh, considerable commonalities. We are democratic societies, uh, we are democracies, and democracies are facing some challenges, to put it mildly, in contemporary global system. So there is some sort of authoritarianism on the rise. So I think that the democratic appeal, democratic uh, cooperation always could be strengthened. Democracy is a never-ending process, and also cooperation among democracies is a never-ending process. To some extent, I would also dare to say that we are uh, small uh, countries. Of course, Japan is large in terms of economy. Uh, it's large also in terms of size of population. But if we define smallness or largeness in a comparative perspective in comparison to someone else, then of course we have neighbors which are larger, especially Poland, Germany, and especially Russia on one side. And I guess also for Japan, there is uh, big uh, countries uh, above all China in the Pacific region with also quite uh, large ambitions. And that's, uh, I think, also adds to this feeling or might add to the feeling that as a smaller societies in comparison to other ones, we have to also act in a way and use our advantages and develop especially our own resiliences. And I think exactly, we have an ambition to be um, uh, resilient as democracies we are willing to be technologically and not only technologically advanced societies. And this uh, certainly unites uh, Latvia and Japan. And I think we are very happy also today for this discussion on connectivity because 
connectivity is indispensable, and especially connectivity of knowledge, connectivity of ideas, connectivity of best practices. This allows us to reflect and basically develop our own societies in, in the frame of cooperation. Connectivity of knowledge uh, also has already motivated us uh, here in the, in the Baltics, in Latvia, to look beyond the region. We've been quite region-focused, uh, Russia, the Baltic region, the transatlantic area, uh, but Asia certainly is increasingly important for Latvia. Uh, what happens in Asia, cooperation with Asian countries certainly influences us. We understand we understand that, uh, that increasingly. And we have also a program at the Latvian Institute of International Affairs, which is Asia program. So we put emphasis on cooperation to, on also uh, sharing the, the mutual understanding. So the connectivity, cooperation, mutual knowledge and understanding with Japan, who is very important uh, player in the Pacific and globally, is very important for Latvia and those uh, who are willing to shape Latvian politics. And certainly also our students are willing to shape Latvian politics. And that's why this uh, shared uh, discussion of, uh, of, of, of and sharing of knowledge uh, on uh, how we connect between the EU, Europe and Japan, between Latvia and Japan, I think is very timely and very important. So I wish from my side an informative lecture and certainly very dynamic exchange of thoughts. And I encourage once more the colleagues, participants, students to share their thoughts, to share their comments and questions also with our distinguished um, uh, speaker today, Mr. Watanabe. Thank you so much. Thank you very much. And as a follow-up to Professor Sprouts, let me invite the Ambassador Kawaguchi. Um, Kawaguchi, Taisiwa, Sredava, Natano, Semon, Tishiki, and Watachi, Shitachi, Nikyo, Shiteko, Dasai. Thank you. Avdien, SSO Kawaguchi, Japanos, Westernings, Latvia. Thank you very much, Professor Sprouts for your kind and inspiring introduction and hosting today's event. And thank you, Japanese of moderators. Good afternoon, everyone online. Please let me welcome you all. Thank you for joining us. Before inviting Mr. Watanabe to deliver his lecture, let me briefly share my thoughts on this event. Japan is located in the Far East. Tokyo is 8,000 kilometers away from Riga with seven hour time difference. So connectivity is crucial for our bilateral relations. Despite the distance, however, the recent event on the 26th of January reminds us that Japan played a significant role in the decisive moment in the history of Latvia. Japan was one of the five countries unturned that granted international de jure recognition to Latvia 100 years ago. Besides, two countries, Latvia and Japan, share a lot in common. First, we have a big immediate neighbor in common. There's only one country between us. Second, the relation with the EU and NATO 
the United States in particular, are the central pillar of our foreign policy. Third, most importantly, we adhere to fundamental values and principles such as democracy, the rule of law, human rights, and sustainability. So I feel regret that there are very few opportunities to discuss Japanese foreign policy here in Riga. Recently, the move to strengthen connectivity between Japan and the EU is accelerated. After Japan, EU, SPA, and EPA, the document on the partnership on sustainable connectivity and quality infrastructure assigned in 2019 between former Prime Minister Abe and President Juncker. Lots of discussions are now going on in Brussels. The EU and its member states have started the discussion on its strategy on the Indo-Pacific. German and Netherlands published their respective guidelines on Indo-Pacific following France. Many countries in the world, including Africa, Latin America, increasingly expressed their support for the Japanese vision of free and open Indo-Pacific. I believe this is a perfect time to initiate a discussion on these topics in Riga. I want to express my sincere appreciation to Professor Spruz and the moderator, Ms. Parkova, and their colleagues to make this happen. Thank you. Today's speaker, Mr. Tsuneo Watanabe, is a political scientist and highly influential opinion leader in Japan. He has an extensive career in think tank, both in Washington, DC, and in Tokyo. I shared the time with him two decades ago after 9-11 in Washington, DC. Back then, Mr. Watanabe was highly active in GSIS. One of the things he there, and also active, but to have free lunch at think tank events. It is a great pleasure to listen to him in Riga after a long time. I know his lecture today will be stimulating for all of us. I look forward to a lively and fruitful discussion. Paldies. Thank you very much, Ambassador. And uh, now as for agenda of today, we will start with a keynote speech from Mr. Watanabe. And then we will have questions and answer session where I'm hoping to hear a lot of questions from the audience. Um, so as for now, as Ambassador introduced Mr. Tuneo Watanabe, I can only add that um, Mr. Tuneo, the, um, the Zoom is yours. So let's start. Thank you very much. Uh, the very kind introduction of both Professor Spruz and uh, Ambassador Kawaguchi. And I appreciate the, the moderating role of uh, Ms. Parukova. Thank you. And also very op good opportunity to talk um, even over the online. I was originally supposed to visit Riga last year, last year, February. Without COVID, I could have been then already and enjoyed uh, staying in Latvia. Unfortunately, not yet. 
but not yet. In the future, clearly I will visit uh, your country, definitely. So but the, it's nice to talk uh, before. So uh, that's easier for me to have uh, many friends there and I could enjoy the uh, visiting. Um, my introduction, uh, kind of introduction, introduction uh, described me as a political scientist working in think tank. Especially I spent uh, 10 years in the Washington think tank Center for Strategic and International Studies. And uh, um, you know, many experts, both Republican and uh, Democrats. But um, now many of my friends uh, join uh, uh, Biden administration, uh, both Asia experts and uh, European experts. That would be nice for me too. And uh, Ambassador Kawaguchi already explained to you. So I happen to be with Ambassador Kawaguchi was the embassy of Japan in uh, Washington DC. So, uh, so it's, a, it's a nice connection. You know, connectivity, it's, uh, the best connection is an uh, interpersonal connection that makes a lot of uh, diplomacy, alliance, uh, commercial, commercial, eco economy, and many things. So, um, you know, what, what I've tried to is uh, what Japan want to this new uh, uh, old world with a more new type of connectivity, this kind of a digital, but also combined with all uh, the human beings and what kind of a world Japan wants and what kind of effort Japan is uh, making. That's what I try to talk. Um, let me first uh, upload my PowerPoint. Okay, let me go to first one. Of course, that's uh, shake hands. Now Japan and the EU. Unfortunately, now even we cannot shake hands uh, due to the COVID-19. But uh, you know, the, this picture is uh, coming from the uh, EU-Japan strategic partnership agreement. And uh, by the way, um, it, it's called the SPA, EU-Japan. Did you know? Um, you know, uh, I'm sure not so many people don't know. If I ask the Japanese people, do you know EU Japan SPA? Probably not many people uh, answered yes. You know, if we ask the e EPA, Economic Partnership Agreement, probably more people are familiar with. But uh, uh, EU Japan SPA was uh, uh, the signed in uh, uh, 2018 as well as a EPA, Economic Partnership Agreement. Very important agreement uh, because that agreement will serve as a legal base for the promoting a cooperation on matters of a mutual interest in a wider range of area between Japan and the European Union, as well as member states. That means uh, not only Japan and the EU, Japan and Latvia too. And uh, that share values and the principle of democracy, rule of law, human rights, and the fundamental freedoms. So I think uh, you know, this kind of a manifest for cooperation and the legal base for cooperation was a very important. And uh, you know what? Uh, I think uh, that's kind of a base. And uh, based on this agreement, 
on the end idea, we, we mean the Japan and the Latvian and the, the many EU countries find a way how to cooperate. That sign not, was a, a pretty a, a good timing at 2018, uh, two years ago, and uh, with uh, EU leadership and uh, Japanese leadership. Why? <laughs> I explain later. But uh, the clearly, the after US Trump administration, uh, I'm sure the European uh, friends are worried about uh, US detachment from alliance or even the cooperation with uh, Europe. <coughs> Same thing may apply to the Asian allies too. Fortunately, brave uh, Prime Minister Abe tried to have a closer relation with uh, President Trump and the uh, successful. But at the same time, uh, Japan is always wondering uh, the, how much the US is uh, really trying to make a promise for the, their alliance and uh, or what kind of uh, uh, the uh, cooperation they expect the all allied partners. I'm sure that's concern of uh, all US allies and the partnership country. Agenda of the EU-Japan SPA. That's very wide range of this. The, uh, civil protection from natural disaster, terrorism, pandemic, or military conflict. Recently, COVID-19 cooperation between the EU and Japan has been uh, <coughs> active. And cybersecurity cooperation that's very the, active, especially, you know, the, your neighbor, uh, Estonia is a country who is advanced in cybersecurity. Japan, uh, uh, Estonia, uh, cybersecurity cooperation is a very, has been very advanced. Economic security already. Clearly, EU and Japan has a long history to cooperate uh, on economy, how to secure the current economic situation, and including some trade agreements such as uh, EPA, Economic Partnership Agreement. That's not only trade, but in investment and uh, economic standard setting. Non-proliferation of a weapon of mass destruction. That's very uh, serious area too. That's security area and the terrorism organized crime, uh, climate change and energy security, yes. Uh, that's the Japan EU has been work, working on very hard. And military relations such as anti-piracy operation in the Indian Ocean and uh, the Gulf of Aden. That's, some people are not so familiar with this activity, but uh, Japan is uh, keep sending uh, maritime self-defense forces to that area and uh, uh, EU and the NATO members countries are sending uh, troops there. You know, um, it's not my job to ex explain everything, but uh, I, I'd like you to figure out the uh, variety of uh, agenda uh, Japan and uh, EU and Japan and Latvia uh, could tackle on in the future. Again, this is a platform and uh, this is not uh, the promised one. I think that just based on this agenda, we will cul cul cultivate what kind of cooperation we, we will do in the future. That's blueprint and the direction. Uh, that's, I go too much. Too, too much. Um, so, you know, uh, all interest is uh, the clearly the, uh, the current 
liberal order, international liberal order, how to maintain liberal order. order. And uh, uh, the, you know, the rise of China, that's current trend and the China tend to uh, the ignore the international uh, rule, common rule. That's worried, uh, the shared worried with uh, the first United States or Asian neighbor. But at the same time, of, of course, I'm another worried uh, resurgence of a militant Russia. That is also worried uh, uh, by the many neighbors, especially the European, but not only European, Japan too. As uh, Ambassador Kawanuchi uh, suggested, uh, there's a, one country between uh, Latvia and uh, Japan. And uh, Russia's uh, resurgence uh, is uh, very impressive to the, of course, the European uh, border too. But uh, uh, our border, that's Asian border is also, that, that is uh, the, uh, we could work on together. And uh, uh, another issue is the United States. What's wrong with the United States? You know, the Trump administration was a controversial. Uh, what's wrong with Mr. Trump? I think uh, James Mattis, former Defense Secretary Trump administration says that Trump, Donald Trump is the first president in my lifetime who doesn't try to unite American people, doesn't even pretend to try. Instead, he tries to divide us. That's very strong one. Uh, by the way, you know, I'm a big fan of uh, James Mattis. He, he's a great guy who really appreciated the US-Japan bilateral alliance. And um, my European friends happen to work in, in uh, NATO or also appreciated the role of uh, Jim Mattis when he was a Secretary of Defense and he visited the uh, NATO summit and he uh, tried to connect all members despite of the attitude of uh, Mr. Trump was not so uh, seriously tried to connect. This is a Mattis. Um, another case is uh, John Bolton, a former National Security Advisor to Mr. Trump. Every president takes a politics into account in making their decision. National security, domestic policy, Difference with uh, Trump is that the politics of getting re-elected predominate over every other issue. He doesn't follow the strategic doctrine. He doesn't really think in the policy term the way we normally mean that. He thinks in terms of Donald Trump. No, he said uh, he, he's, a, he's not only America first, he's a seriously uh, Trump first. That's Bolton. You know, natural consequence is a kind of a, the gravity of a U, U.S. leadership is a getting weaker. And uh, I'm sure what kind of drink uh, uh, and the cheering with two leaders, uh, maybe Baiju, Chinese leader, or maybe Vodka. I, I know that that is a, a case. So what I'm trying to explain is that Japan is a country, one of the country who really worried about uh, uh, leadership vacuum because uh, 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 US 
is a very inward looking at that time. You know, I don't blame uh, Mr. Trump. I think even before Mr. Trump, um, President Obama showing uh, uh, less burden and asking uh, other leaders to have a uh, shared burden. That's continue with uh, uh, the Mr. Biden too. For example, um, in a foreign affairs journal, uh, Mr. Biden wrote, he was proud of uh, the asking a NATO members to share the 2% of GDP. Uh, Mr. Trump uh, pretended to play he, he made it. But reality is that President uh, Obama and uh, Vice President uh, uh, Biden made it. So that's clear. And he said that he was proud of. So Japan, think about what Japan can do for kind of a very wild and uh, uh, wild situation in the uh, uh, in the world and uh, contribute to the maintain uh, a peace and the prosperity. And um, Mr. Abe, Prime Minister Abe's the idea is a uh, free and open in the Pacific. That is, uh, Japan tried to contribute to the uh, the public goods for the stability and the prosperity in the region. Oh, I forgot this one. This is a fake one. The, it's not real people, but you know, uh, even the North Korean leader seems to enjoy the US leader is not so seriously uh, taking a situation and inward looking. You know, uh, if Mr. Trump was elected, uh, probably accelerate the decline of the U US leadership. Uh, growing division in the US. Uh, either direction is possible. US-China new Cold War, serious one. Or Mr. Trump is uh, trying to deal with Mr. Xi Jinping. Uh, we never know. The very, very uh, uh, extreme uh, case we could imagine. Or continue to ignore the advisor, Congress, allied partner, democratic value. But you know, now the world with Biden, you know, uh, maybe better than uh, Trump, but uh, it seems to me uh, US direction is not so drastically changing. Uh, he may try to uh, slow the decline of US leadership. Well, however, growing division in the US continues. And he continued to have a tough stance on China. There's some room for the cooperation such as climate change. That's not the bad things, but uh, as a very different uh, uh, attitude. And the respect experts yeah, otherwise, yeah. yes. And Congress, allied and democracy, that's good news. And tough on Russia, that's good news. And tough on abuse of human rights and the democratic value uh, would be appreciated. That's good things. But anyway, um, my sense is a uh, U.S. inward looking nature is a very structural. Mm -hmm. Structural means that U.S. cannot afford to have a world policeman, uh, unlike fifties uh, uh, and sixties, because at that time U.S. economy was uh, so big, and the U.S. military power was so advantageous. Now, library 
is a uh, uh, try to catch up, but but not the only economic area, military area, but uh, you know the uh, the relative decline of U.S. Uh, primacy. But at the same time, I'm sure uh, no country, even China, cannot catch up the United States soon. So that is the situation. So Japan decided to maintain the current uh, world order. In other words, status quo. So um, Japan already started in the idea to the maintain uh, uh, the world order. What happened COVID-19 now by Richard Hurst, Chairman Council of, on Foreign Relations. Uh, he said pandemic will accelerate history rather than reshape it. Mm -hmm. That means uh, uh, probably after COVID-19, China is a, economy is a relatively free, uh, safe, free from uh, depression and got out of uh, uh, the serious uh, infection. However, I don't think, he doesn't think that China is uh, taking hegemony, at least not yet. The end of China's leadership, that's not the case. End of globalization, people complain. But uh, I don't think uh, globalization will end. Age, new age of global cooperation is coming too. He is not so optimistic. Probably existing trend continue with uh, acceleration, decline of the US leadership, hollow international cooperation at the global level, competitive relation of major powers. That is pessimistic and uh, realistic view of uh, Richard Haas. I somehow agree with this. But uh, at the same time, probably the like-minded partner uh, of uh, uh, United States could change. That's Japan's idea for the uh, free and open India Pacific. And current situation is uh, resembled with the end of First World, World War I, uh, war wariness and even the looking US. That was immediately after World War One. By the way, World War, after World War One was uh, the, uh, just after the uh, Spanish flu. So the people are tired of not only war, but the infection, pandemic. And, uh, but at the same time, violence leaning soldiers who fought a war. So it's a, a very contradictory uh, reaction appeasement to fascism and the sympathy to fascism. That's both happening even in the United States. I think in the US, uh, Franklin Roosevelt really tried to make uh, the alliance with the European country against the fascism. But in the United States, some part of anti-interventionist, um, famous aviator Charles Lindbergh is a spokesperson for the America First Committee. And he has some sympathy with uh, Adolf Hitler. So oh, the, some conflict within a society in the United States after World War I. And uh, you know, this divided political group, Wilsonian versus America first, is uh, uh, eventually uh, uh, non-participation non in the League of Nations. A League of Nations was uh, created by the, the um, US President Wilson. However, US 
didn't join because uh, uh, Congress didn't like it. Uh, so, you know, uh, now after COVID-19 and after Trump world, what's going on in America first? What's going on in uh, Tea Party like a small government dogma? Uh, probably US-China new Cold War, maybe, maybe not. That's up to us how to behave. And uh, uh, New Deal over 21st century, maybe. Um, now uh, the uh, President Biden is uh, trying to pass the largest uh, stimulus package, uh, $2 trillion. Now, Republican Congress doesn't like it. We are watching. But it seems to me uh, the, that big package would be passed. Uh, passed. Uh, but that's, we never know. But uh, according to the, the current higher stock prices, uh, market is expecting to. Japan, thinking of this, how we survive how we shape the, the situation surrounding Japan, especially the Indo-Pacific area. Uh, dependence on the US military presence and alliance with the US? Yes, we'd like to maintain this. However, probably that's not enough. Dependence on the supply chain in China? Mm. We still continue to have a business with China. Yes, we need to. However, we cannot depend on two only. We need to think of a new creative thinking. Uh, that is a, a free and open in the Pacific initi initiative of Japan. Middle power cooperation, especially with Australia, India, ASEAN, Canada, and Europe. Potentially, we'd like to cooperate with uh, South Korea too. Um, unfortunately, bilateral relation is not so good, but I, I keep telling my friend in South Korea, we need to work together. And uh, also we need to strategic review of the supply chain. Uh, that means uh, uh, probably we cannot heavily depend on the Chinese economy, but at the same time, we need to engage in China, both. So uh, that's not decoupling of Chinese economy. Probably US and the US allied thinking, think, think of a, a limited decoupling, or we call the partial disengagement. That's try to stop the inflow of critical technology, which could affect to the military balance. But at the same time, we continue to have a business as usual because the Chinese market is still attractive. You know, that is a new world. Before, before Trump or before Obama, probably we didn't have to worry that about too much Chinese, but uh, uh, now Chinese are getting bigger. And the intention of, chi intention of China, we never know. Maybe they don't know, uh, Chinese don't know, but uh, we really need to maintain uh, uh, stability, at least uh, maintaining uh, military balance, which making uh, the, the world stable. Prime Minister Abe's speech, especially the rationale for the uh, free and open in the, in the Pacific, came in uh, 2016. That is a ticket six. That's a Tokyo International Conference on African Development. 
in Nairobi, Kenya. As Japan bears the responsibility of fostering a confluence of the Pacific and the Indian Oceans and of Asia and Africa into place that values freedom, rules of law, market economy, free from force or cohesion, and making it uh, prosperous. So Japan want to work, work together with Africa in order to make sea, the sea that connects the two countries, uh, two continents into peaceful seas that are governed by the rule of law. This is a prototype of Japan's flea in the Pacific. You know, Japan's idea is big, not only Asia, not only Northeast North Asia, all Asia and the Pacific, Indian Ocean, Middle East and uh, Africa and Europe. Why? Because, you know, the current world is globally very well connected. That means that only peace in the small region is impossible, especially the uh, activity of uh, China, activity of the United States, activity of Japan, activity of uh, United uh, European country. That's not only in one, one area, that's clear, clearly global. So that's good things somehow. But you know, some negative things is also coming through global connection. That is the world. By the way, let me go back to the, what is the EU-Japan SPA again? You know, that's, uh, that's clearly share the, the elements, what the EU-Japan uh, try to attain and uh, Japan try to attain with uh, African countries too. Value principle of democracy, rule of law, human rights, fundamental freedom, that's same with uh, uh, African countries. And that means as the same with uh, all Asian countries. Japan now try to talk uh, very core uh, countries for the attaining uh, and free, free and open in the Pacific with the United States. Two major uh, partners. That's one is uh, Australia and the other one is uh, India. This is a foreign ministers, uh, the all countries uh, last October. And uh, uh, after new Biden administration, now we're gonna have a new meeting, new foreign ministry, foreign minister meeting in meeting too. So, but you know, that's just starting. Again, that's not NATO type alliance. By the way, the India has a long history of non-alliance. I don't think India would like to join as a military alliance. Sometimes Chinese friends complain of, uh, oh, that's containment against China. That's not. What kind of a meeting? That's again, uh, try to uh, the, make sure the rule of law or uh, the connectivity and uh, securing uh, uh, sea lines of a communication or a free freedom of navigation, making sure connectivity in the world and uh, uh, try to the business as usual or a more smooth flow of uh, energy of energy uh, flow from uh, Middle East to Asia or uh, vice versa. Uh, 
um, US policy toward China is a little bit uh, image is changing from uh, Trump to uh, Biden. But uh, I tell you, uh, the core message to China didn't change and the core stance on China didn't change at all. That's, you know, again, uh, the, uh, the pre former Secretary of State, uh, Pompeo, uh, gave a speech last year. US policy toward China as an engagement failed. Why? Because engagement policies expect China to become uh, the democracy and respect the rule of law as China become richer. That's US started to the, the closer economic relation with China. However, it didn't happen. So uh, new ideas, how to make China to the more uh, cooperative rather than just the cooperative uh, engagement probably combination with uh, some limited, uh, uh, so some limited uh, uh, selective uh, decoupling. And of course that's not contained. And this idea continues in uh, new Biden administration. For example, ah. next, ne left, next, left to the Hillary Clinton. This is a new national security uh, uh, advisor to the President Biden, Jake Sullivan. And Jake Sullivan and this guy is a Kurt Campbell. Kurt Campbell uh, was, was, is uh, now appointed as a, uh, the coordinator of uh, Indo-Pacific in the National Security Council. Uh, the, when Kurt Campbell was Assistant Secretary of, uh, Secretary of State of uh, uh, the uh, East Asia and the Pacific, he visited the US Embassy in Beijing to uh, help uh, the uh, this uh, human rights uh, lawyer who was uh, facing a very uh, risky situation in the country, and uh, uh, Kurt Campbell took him to the United States uh, to protect. Anyway, uh, the in the Foreign Affairs magazine, Kurt Campbell and uh, uh, Jake Sullivan wrote a very impressive uh, article that's clearly agreed with uh, Pompeo that the US engagement policy failed. So uh, that's historical change of a US policy toward China. But uh, also they say that US is not going back to the containment because uh, impossible to contain China. China has a more seriously connected to the world. So the, their way is uh, uh, engagement but uh, not cooperative engagement, but uh, more competitive engagement. That is a word. And uh, the goal is again, that's not contain China. That's, that's not uh, try to confront with China, but uh, influence China's behavior more cooperative, cooperative to the international rule, rule of law, and uh, also uh, trying to uh, reduce uh, risk. And same thing applied to the Russian attitude too. So now I think uh, US experts on Asia, US, US experts on uh, uh, Europe and Russia somehow merging and sharing idea how to cope with this. I think it's time, the very good timing for the European country and the Japan work together. 
we really need to work on not only Russia, not only China, but uh, working together and trying to influence these two countries to be the more uh, the collaboration, the cooperative world. That's not easy one, easy to say. Takes a time and uh, uh, takes a very the good uh, skill over diplomacy and also military balance. Biden is a very skilled uh, uh, politician who spent 36 years in the uh, Senate. And he, he, ex he took a position, uh, chairman of the Senate foreign uh, relations. And he, as a vice president, he did his own uh, very impressive uh, diplomacy. This is a picture, uh, Vice President Biden visited to Japan after earthquake in uh, uh, 2000, uh, uh, 2011. He visited uh, uh, the Sendai airport. Sendai airport is uh, heavily hit by the tsunami and uh, these people actually uh, lost their family. And Biden told them, about uh, uh, he somehow understand how the family lost uh, their friends and family. Of course, he experienced he lost his wife and the daughter and eventually he lost uh, uh, his one of his sons uh, when he was a uh, grown up, uh, 46 years. So he respect the human beings. He knew the soul of the people. That's why he respect the human rights, people's dignity, and the democracy. Because a democracy helps the individual and the individual's life. I think uh, that's not so bad things to have uh, this kind of uh, uh, leader, United States. But again, US um, power is uh, very limited because first of all, uh, we experience a very acceptable exceptional era after 1945 to the maybe 70s, 80s. That was a heyday of uh, US economic power and military power. But you know, now, unfortunately, US uh, power and the limitation is in decline. Well, so what we should do, what Europeans should do, what Japan should do, what Asian neighbor should, should do? Answer is uh, uh, probably two way. One is, uh, all right, don't care. So we focus on our own individual country. Uh, that's uh, uh, America first and uh, Japan first, Latvia first, e European first. The other one is uh, probably we need to create a new cooperation maintain the current uh, existing uh, the world order, especially the value of uh, democracy, value of uh, human beings, and also the value of uh, uh, international trade and economy. And uh, many countries try to take a second one rather than first one, because uh, it's more uh, the effective for the attaining our own interests, that's individual uh, prosperity, happiness, right, individual, individual right. So especially the relatively small country, middle power country for survival, we need to work together. If everybody is focusing on 
America first or individual country first, smaller country and uh, relatively smaller country have a trouble. That is a history. So one lesson, EU, NATO, that's still effective, very important. And uh, uh, in Asia, US ally, allied partner, uh, bilateral alliance, US Japan, US South Korea, US Australia, very important. But in Asia, we are trying to have a network such as uh, Japan, US, India, Australia. And we try to have a closer cooperation with the ASEAN country, Southeast Eastern country. And, uh, you know, it's not so nice things to ask in all, all country, like uh, ASEAN country, relatively smaller country. Choose either you go with China or United States. That's not so effective. Rather, we created the networking and the prosperity and the cooperation and we don't force them to choose the US or China. Well, in Europe, we don't force the allied partner to choose Russia or, or, or United States. That was a Cold War. But a new world uh, from now on is probably more complicated, but uh, you know, we find a very wise way to cooperate. That is again, free and open in the Pacific Japan. Uh, Japan's idea by closely co collaborating with the United States and other countries. And uh, European country, EU, is a very important because now world is uh, the narrow world. For example, just dealing with China doesn't make sense. We really need to deal with uh, China and the Russia and the Europe and uh, uh, Japan and other Asia. and. Uh, for the secured world and the prosper, prosperity and the rule of law. Again, that's, uh, I keep talking about this kind of things, but uh, uh, I'm very happy to exchange opinion and happy to answer that, any question. Thank you very much. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, uh, as time is running, now we can come to the question and answer sessions. And I would like to kindly ask you to raise the Zoom virtual hand before you ask, or write your question inside of the chat. As I see the students is starting to prepare their questions, so maybe we can start. Uh -huh. I see that um, Juan Pablo is raising his hand, so you can go. Uh, thank you, Alexandra. And uh, first of all, thank you to Mr. Watanabe for his lecture. Um, I, I have a brief question. Uh, well, speaking of this uh, cooperation platform uh, with, uh, I would say, like-minded partners in this uh, international system, which is more contested right now. Uh, uh, Mr. Watanabe, what would you think are the greatest challenges for this cooperation to, to occur? And uh, which should be like the priority areas of, of this cooperation? Thank you. Thank you for a good question. Yeah, a big challenge, a bit big difficulty is, you know, you experience a NATO, NATO is a relatively easier because it's a clearly to have a common enemy, Soviet Union somehow. And you guys actually are very complicated because the, you, the Baltic country was a part of a Soviet Union first and later joined the NATO. So, 
um, uh, I'm not going to the so detail in the European history because you, are, you, you know better than me. But, you know, uh, in Asia, in the Pacific, um, again, uh, we keep saying we are not containing China, but also somehow try to influence the behavior of China. And also, we don't want the too close relation between China and Russia. That's not so effective for, uh, for us to influence over. So more, such kind of things is a very difficult to have a platform. So rather we'd like to focus on uh, uh, the prosperous side, that, that's positive side. What kind of connectivity is good for the economic development, good for the uh, mutual interest? That is some the very sounds good, but uh, not so effective to mobilize uh, resources because you know people tend to be the more serious about uh, facing a threat, right? That is a challenge, and also a tyranny of uh, this tyranny, tyranny of distance. That's clearly between uh, Latvia and Japan. Because uh, you know that distance is so far. So, uh, for example, without without any that common serious uh, the uh, the tackling issue, not so easy to mobilize uh, the uh, mo mobilize uh, um, the uh, the resources to for the cooperation. And good news is uh, you. Um, for example, Latvia is a part of EU. And the EU is uh, now not so far away from Japan. So um, in, in the mind too, but uh, the um, economic uh, relation and business relations. So um, again, that is, we, um, I keep, my talk sounds easy, but uh, practice is not so difficult. And uh, sometimes threat, kind of threat perception like uh, China and Russia is uh, trying to break a uh, current existing international rule is incentive to mobilize uh, this. Uh, I'm not talking about uh, content them or fight them, but uh, create a common public goods in order to maintain our own prosperity. That, that's what I'm, I'm trying to do explain. Okay, thank you very much. So do we have any other questions here? I assume at the moment there is no questions uh, from the, uh -huh, I see. Okay, Ingvars uh, can you can please go. Yes, uh, thank you. Thank you, Mr. Watanabe for, for such an eye-opening presentation. Um, it was uh, really, mindful to say that uh, but I have a question uh, regarding uh, regarding China uh, well it is it is known that uh, that China is trying to influence to spread his influence and uh, hegemony in the South China Sea and I, I would like to know how the cooperation among the EU and J Japan can uh, tackle this uh, upcoming problem Thank you for a good question. Uh, actually, 
China is now trying to challenge to the territorials in the South China Sea and the East China Sea, and even the border with India too. Um, that's nature of a rising nation, and uh, China uh, doesn't believe uh, the current existing rule doesn't fit to their own uh, their own size. But you know that's clearly against the international norm. So. One of uh, the purpose the US-Japan alliance is uh, trying to make sure the deter China's uh, advent military adventurism. And that's the only US military can do that. So what Japan tried to do is uh, to make sure the presence in the US in the South China Sea and the uh, East China Sea. And uh, um, China created uh, some artificial islands and uh, claimed their territory. And now uh, they're the expanding their uh, territory, territorial sea to the other neighbor countries like uh, Philippines or Malaysia or Indonesia. And uh, unfortunately, these countries are relatively small compared to Japan. Uh, so uh, Japan is uh, helping uh, capacity building for the Coast Guard ability, uh, for example. And that is a kind of a part of a cooperation. Of course, that's not, we are directly challenging the China's one, but uh, trying to help uh, our partners ability by the, the, the uh, capacity building for the Coast Guard technique and the maritime uh, security, or even uh, the economic development too. I think uh, that was effective. By the way, the Japan has been working on the seriously for the, in the past, China's uh, uh, economic development too. Japan's contribution to the China's development was huge. Uh, now many Japanese are regretted, but I, I don't think that was totally bad. Somehow Japan maintained still the, some kind of confidence between the Japanese and the Chinese. So again, that's not just confrontation. Keeping sending signal to China, what kind of a world we really wanted to make sure. And uh, also that combination of uh, liberalism and uh, uh, realism. Liberalism is uh, uh, trying to share the, some I, liberal idea to the how we, we mean the China and the other country try to uh, be the mo more richer and the prosperous world. Also realist world. Uh, somehow the military cooperation, the US and the allied partner is a detailing uh, advent, military adventurist. That combination is a, a very important to send a message to China, especially in, in uh, China's expansive uh, act, activity in the South China Sea and uh, uh, East China Sea. Thank you. And there is one more question from the chat, Mr. Watanabe, so I will read it out. Uh, a question about market relations in the region. The Japanese businesses have engaged with Chinese suppliers because of the competitive low costs. What can the Japanese government do to make the Southeast Asian suppliers comparably more attractive in the Japanese market? Think, yeah, so. Yeah, that's a that's good, uh, good question for the business uh, in, in a sense. You know, Chinese market is attractive because a huge population. So that's very true. And, uh, but at the same time, uh, uh, Chinese behavior sometimes, government behavior is not securing uh, uh, the, uh, always opening up uh, 
the market to add to the business outside of China. That we really need to be asking China to be the more open and the transparent uh, uh, system. Otherwise, very risky for the business. So uh, what we try to do is uh, making a alternative or in change of a supply chain. For example, in the past, we created the supply chain uh, making uh, China's uh, parts or China's technologies uh, uh, very uh, critical. And without the cooperation with the Chinese uh, market the parts industry, we cannot make uh, a final products. But after COVID-19, we try to make sure the alternative and don't give China's the uh, stopping uh, the voice, uh, don't give China some crucial role to stop uh, supply chain. You know, that's not again containment because, uh, but at the same time, we maintain uh, business relation with China and uh, try to ask China to the cooperative uh, manner is a more mutual benefit. Chinese people tend to win-win. But that is a win-win. Um, I'm sure that China is uh, growing and uh, uh, somehow try to show their own strength. But at the same time, Chinese are also realizing that uh, without cooperation, very difficult to maintain their own uh, very uh, prosperous economy. That, that takes a time. So uh, before China learned such kind of lesson, we maintain at least uh, that's a realistic term balancing uh, uh, military. Don't, don't let China to think of, oh, maybe military chance changing uh, our world and China is a more get richer. Um, fortunately, um, I don't, I'm sure you know the history. Japan was like that in 1930s. Japan invaded uh, China. Japan was a country who eventually challenged the United States and Japan started the war with the uh, uh, United States in uh, 1941. It seems to me Chinese people are more wise and strategic to considering uh, this kind of things. China never uh, done uh, suicidal warfare so far. So the, I, I keep telling my Chinese friends, you guys are much wiser than Japanese. So, Consider what is the best for China's future. That's a role for the, the not only Japan but a probably European partner to to keep uh, telling China. In order to do that, we maintain a good business relation, right? So uh, such kind of a combination of uh, the keep business with China, but also sending a somehow uh, subtle and tough signal in order not to have a military conflict or Chinese uh, military or uh, in, uh, unilateral action. That's complicated, but uh, we could do that because we learned the history. Um, thank you, Mr. Watanabe. But as we are running out of the time, so there is a last question. Um, so Mr. Watanabe, what do you think a country that does not have a big voice in world politics like Latvia? Could you initiate or promote this dialogue on cooperation? What be your main role in that? And if I may add to that, so what is a Latvian role in Japan-EU connectivity in the future? And that will be also the last question for today. 
Thank you very much. That's very good last question because you know that's one of the reason the connectivity or a middle power cooperation. Middle power it doesn't have to be exactly the middle, but not only big power uh, controls the world. That's not so good and that's not so effective. So you know, Latvia has a somehow good framework uh, that uh, EU and NATO. But uh, Japan is uh, trying to connect the other way. If uh, you have a the, uh, with a, you ha you have a, a route to the uh, EU, you have a route to uh, NATO. But uh, you know sometimes that's not enough. So uh, why don't we create uh, some networking, more networking with uh, the middle power? Middle power is uh, the between the US and the China and the Russia. All countries who have a stake have a networking and the sharing in, in, interest and sharing information. That's more power. By the way, the networking security is uh, somehow the proposed by the Center for New American Security. That's the US think tank who provided many experts in the European security and the Asian security in the Biden administration. Uh, president of uh, CNAS uh, was uh, Richard Fontaine who used to live in Japan and uh, knows uh, Asia very well, but uh, he's an expert on uh, uh, the both uh, European and uh, Asian security. So networking, give uh, the relatively smaller country, give a voice and uh, somehow carrying a message. That's my sense. Thank you for informative and self-providing talk. So we come to the end of the part of our presentation. And I would like to thank you again, Mr. Watanabe, for informative and interesting talk and uh, audience uh, for the active participation. And hopefully the pre presentation will be beneficial for everybody. And thank you for your attention. Thank you very much. And I'm happy to answer the, any question if you can think of, you can email the uh, probably the uh, that you, you can email to the, the Alexandra, maybe the, uh, you, you, you have my email and uh, contact me and uh, happy to answer. Sometimes writing is easier than speaking. Mr. Watanabe, thank you so much. It was very informative, very helpful to also to enrich and to expand our horizons. So thank you and certainly we should continue, be it in a written format, but we will be more happy to welcome and host you in Riga. So let's keep our cooperation uh, going. Thank you. Thank you, thank you. Thank you, Professor Spritz. Uh, so, and of course, uh, you're familiar with uh, Tokyo. So come to our institute if you have a chance to. And oh, I definitely go to. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. Thank you very much, Mr. Watanabe, Professor Spruz, and Mr. Ms. Harukova, and also to other speakers and participants. Thank you very much. But the most important is beer, which who makes these events possible. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Well, thank you as well. Thank, thank you, you for cooperation. So let's continue also the institutional engagement. Thank you. Yes. This is a start. Absolutely. <laughs> Our cooperation. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Bye bye. Thank yes. you. Thank you.